0: Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce, the first six months. If you're someone who's about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're just healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories that you're going to listen to focus on people that have been through a divorce, but more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. What motivated couples counseling?
1: So we had actually gone to a few different couples counselors in the early years of our marriage. In probably the first and second year, and you know looking back on it now it, it was like the the problems that ultimately i I felt ended our marriage were there all along, and we probably were never going to really get very far in couples counseling, but at the time, you know you do what you know to do, which is, oh, I guess we should go off we go to couples counseling yeah so yeah. over the years as as our marriage. Uh, started to disintegrate, I I had first I requested and then kind of almost insisted, you know, to my ex-husband, you know, either you go to counseling alone or we go together, but something's, something's got to change here. And there was an unwillingness for that to happen. So it was only what, after we had decided to split up that there was you know, that my ex husband was willing to go to couples counseling. And um, so in our, in our case, what happened was my husband's company through his health insurance would pay for six sessions of family counseling or couples counseling. And so I said, listen, I'm going to go, you can come or not, but I'm going for the purpose of getting support through the process of separating, I, I said at, at this point it's too far gone to try to actually go to counseling to, to stay together in any capacity, like meaning the decision had already been made. And I, I personally feel that the only reason that he was willing to go at all is because the context was this is just going to support us through separating, meaning that he wouldn't have had to do any actual work on the marriage itself.
0: Was he um, on board with so the he, separation?
1: I'm sorry, what was that?
0: Was he on board with the separation or was it um, your choice? Yeah,
1: it was mutual. Okay. It was mutual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what ended up happening was we had these six sessions available to us and we went to four sessions and then he, he quit going. So that was, that was the experience in couples counseling.
0: So what is the, what is the, the book say about <laughs> okay. what, are, what are some of the qualities that if somebody's in a relationship right now and they're listening to this and yeah, not aware, because I also was uh, married to a narcissist, uh, a passive narcissist is what I say. But, yeah, like
1: a covert narcissist? Oh,
0: completely covert. Yeah. Those
1: are the hardest ones to spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I would say mine was probably a covert narcissist as well.
0: Yeah. But we're not talking about um, him in particular. We're, we're referencing the book. What does the book say um, about the details? How do you how do you uh, how do you shine a light so that you can see them?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I think that a, a couple a couple of things. Um, one of the things that is so insidious and pervasive about being in a narcissistic abusive relationship is that you're not aware that what's occurring is abuse because the the manipulation and the control is so masterful that you don't even and, and the gaslighting, you know gaslighting is kind of a big term right now it it's like one is made to feel that that they're the one that is you know that is wrong or has you know that has the problems that need to be, that need working on the more that that happens the more you convince yourself that it's you. And it, it flips it so that all of a sudden you're the one now who's you know apologizing and constantly reorganizing yourself to manage what this other person may do or go off about. I don't know, am amazing. I...
0: This is so juicy. It's like it's like if I close my eyes. Like just, I got you here.
1: You're, you're right. like the voiceover <laughs>
0: to my movie. Like you're just like the beginning, the middle, and the end. Gaslighting was. I don't know how you, what you did to like figure it out. Like for me, I started journaling the moment that, that I found out that when she when she said to me, um, you know, I don't know if I want to be with you. From that day forward, I started journaling. One of my coaches was like, every night before you close, or you know, just write it down. And I started writing everything down. And she started gaslighting me even through the separation. And it was so elegant and eloquent. And I was, I was in awe of, of what was happening, but I was believing it. I had believed it for the entire, yes. you know, the entire relationship. Yes. And then when I started going back to my notes and reading what, what she was saying and what I wrote, wrote down, completely opposite. How did you figure out yeah. that being gaslighted?
1: It was really when I read the, the book. The, the Dodging Energy Vampires book. Well, let me back up and first say that the, a few days after, so, so there was an incident, right? Like usually there's something that happens that right. is like the final nail in the coffin. The moment and so after, after that moment for us, I went to lunch with a friend of mine and she said, Aaron, what he's doing is abusive he's been abusing you like this for years and it was only in that moment at the vietnamese restaurant on federal that i that i woke up and realized that that's what was what was happening and the other thing that i might mention that i could that i think could be helpful for you and your listeners who have experienced a similar type of even after i Knew that it was happening on an intellectual level or on a cognitive level. There, and, and this was happening a lot in the first six months. Is that your brain is addicted to feeling a certain way, and so even though logically you know that this is happening, you your brain is in this habit loop of how you respond to this person. And so it's breaking free from that addiction. That's where the, the work lies. you know, therein is where the work lies. Yeah. And so, so let me be a little bit more specific. And this is something that I learned from Melanie's course is that your brain produces, when you experience an emotion, whether that emotion is positive or negative, your brain produces a certain type of protein that's called a peptide. And every time you have these emotions, your brain produces more of it. And it creates this addictive quality to it. And they've done studies with lab rats where they showed that they will forego anything, including self-care, to get more of the peptide. So when we start to break free from these abusive relationships, our, our brain, like you're actually addicted to these negative emotions. And that for me was the piece that was, that was so um, difficult and painful. I mean, they say it's harder to get, to get past these addictions than it is to even get over heroin kind of thing. Yeah. And once I understood that, it, it actually provided a huge amount of relief for me because I'm a very high-functioning, successful, intelligent person and yet here i was like for 10 years going back for more abuse like what like what was wrong with me and so when there was this explanation as to why it happens and the extent to which that you get this this physiological addiction there was a huge amount of freedom in that and that's why i also felt like the the modules were so were so important because It was using the, so just to like, just to say that to somebody might make no difference, but it was actually, you know, doing all these releases of the trauma from my body that allowed me to actually move past and like rewire my brain to get over this, this, you know, like addiction really.
0: That's so important that you use that word because it is, it's a fix and we, we get something out of it. There's a payoff. Yes. And we go back for it. We go back for it until you know we evolve or we grow or whatever word you want to use. That takes you to the next level, and then you start rebuilding, and then you get to build whoever you want. Like you get to start from scratch and be like, "All right, this is the person that I want to be." I call it uh, becoming the MVP of my team. Like I became the MVP again, and I loved it. It was like the moment that it was declared. You know, there's no future here. It was like I am going for the gold now and reconstructing. But it was a drug. It was, it was a drug. I felt like Chris Rock in New Jack City. I was like, i, I give you a cheeseburger. Just give me a little, another, another, little <laughs> nugget, another little nugget. But it is, and, and a lot of people don't realize it. And what it sounds like, again, with you and, and definitely with me, education. Like, you have to get the education. You have to go seek out other people. You have to seek out other, other options. And especially, it sounds like this, um, the NARP course is phenomenal. What was the name of it again?
1: Yeah. For, for me, it was phenomenal. So she calls it NARP and, uh, it stands for narcissistic abuse recovery program. And she's all over YouTube. She does, you know, multiple videos every week. She's got a lot of free content. I mean, her, her entire online course was about $300.
0: Oh my God. When I
1: think about how much money I spent on coaching and therapy, and the, the value that I got out of this $300 online course, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, you know, to me, it's, it's worth 100 times that.
0: Thank you once again for giving us your time. This started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm gonna challenge you right now. If it made a difference, reach out and tell somebody. It really does make a difference.